0: It's so good to be here this morning. I think most of you know me. My name is Magda Sherman, um, and I've been here forever. It's <laughs> so good to see you. Yes, we've done mission work in Belize, and we're not going to tell this story about almost wrong you. But
1: <laughs>
0: I told that story last night. Oh, I you did. I, I did. So, yeah, my name is Magda Sherman, or original from Guatemala, and this is my friend, Julie and my friend Karen, and i um, so excited about doing this because to me, church is so important. This is family. And I have known these ladies for 39 years, and so that's what's exciting that we get to do, you know, what we do, you know, together, and we wanted to share with you. So,
2: I get to start. Okay, well, <laughs> I knew about Stephen Magda, And they have a sweet story of their meeting. But I knew about them from being at church and hearing them talk. And it never in a million years occurred to me that I would ever be a part of that because it just seemed so distant and so much bigger than I could ever imagine. And so I guess 31, I was 31, and then uh, I didn't know that God was going to uh, full court pressed me to go to nursing school at 39. I had no idea that I wanted to be a nurse, but he knew that I did, and, and it, it's been the best blessings, so I went to nursing school at 39. My boys were in high school. I studied during basketball games and 4 o'clock in the morning, and I graduated after trying through every exam I think I ever had, and it was one of the happiest days of my life. To get that diploma at Belmont. So after I graduated, um, I like Maddox, <laughs> Carolyn yeah. Maddox, because I always say Catherine first. Carolyn Maddox said, We're going to lunch. I said, Okay. And I'd already heard David and uh, Patsy Gall, they would always talk about their mission trips that they would do. He's a doctor, she was a nurse, and I always thought, Well, that's so cool. uh, Carolyn took me to lunch and said, this is what's going to happen. You're a nurse now. You're going to go on mission trips. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. So, didn't go the first one as a nurse. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was (coughs) scared and excited. But then Otter Creek was having a sign-up in, I guess, the old church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that was 20. Yeah, Mm -hmm. in the old church, they were having a sign-up of different things you could do. And Juanita, (coughs) Midget and I were walking through. And we went... Well, let's go to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. That just seems like a fun thing to do. So that's what we did, and that was in 2020, maybe whatever
3: year that Bush and Gore were running the election, whatever year that was. We're too old to remember that, but it was that year because it happened while we were in Guatemala. Okay, and we stayed at Charles' house, Mm -hmm. and that's when we did
2: the Sunday school and the Mm -hmm. garden. Okay, so that's of how I got in and then when Magda asked you to do something you just want to if Magda and Steve if they love it you're just going to love it
3: and that's just the way it is yep and Karen <laughs> that's it you tell yours well Carolyn Maddox here we go um when Steve and Magda came to Otter Creek uh, Carolyn and Frank were very instrumental in bringing them as our foreign missionaries and Carolyn met me one day and said I want to introduce you to Stephen Magda. And at that point, Stephen Magda and Jim and I became really close friends. And our friendship has forged over 40 years now. Our children are really close. Uh, They all know each other well. And so ours started as friendship. So when Otter Creek started going to Belize in 85, I had just had Daniel. Missed that year, but in 86, I started going to Belize with Stephen Magda. Around 1990... You guys moved to Guatemala? Sometime along in the When was it?
4: 1988. Okay, in 1988,
3: they moved to Guatemala in 1990. Jim and I took our children, and we traveled to Guatemala City to visit Stephen Magda. Jim brought our children back home. I flew to Belize. Stephen Magda flew to Belize, and we did the last vacation Bible school at the church there. And then from 90 to 96, somewhere along in there, the only reason I'm saying 96, I think it was before Allison's senior year. My oldest daughter, Carolyn Maddox, calls me on the phone one summer day. Karen, need you to go to Guatemala with me in two weeks. She said, "But Magda needs you to come to Guatemala in two weeks." I said, "Well, I'm packing. We're headed to Kansas City for Jim's grandmother's birthday. What day are you leaving?" And it was the day after we got back from Kansas City. Well, Jim and I talked, and we decided we would do it. And quite honestly. That trip probably set the foundation for the rest of what I've done with Steve and Magda in Guatemala. Um, I don't remember details of that trip exactly because it happened so fast. Um, we did mission, medical missions at the beginning of it, The team through HTI. The team left. Magda and Carolyn Maddox and I stayed. <laughs> and visited many, if not all, of the villages and towns where the ABC program was in place. The ABC program is a program that Magda started through HTI, helping children uh, stay in school, getting them fed, getting them the clothes they needed, etc. And so I got to go visit all of these villages with Magda and Carolyn. Um, I call it playing chicken on the roads across the mountain because I'm hanging out the window, and it's just what you have to do, so that you don't stay behind a truck. It's this little two-lane, if that much, road with these big trucks. And I would look out the window and go, when I say three, pass. Because you could see what was coming. And we did that for a while. And I looked back, and Carolyn Maddox was as white as a person could be. And she was very sick. And so we kind of had to quit that whole thing. And we got us to Quetzalcoatl midnight, she had meetings. At midnight, she comes, Karen, get up. So, okay she said you gotta come with me and this this truly began because it deepened I, I felt like for me it deepened our friendship she said I want to show you kids all at night that's and where I went to
0: school and I went to that you know when I was nine years old and that's yeah. where I went to school so it was a special place for me
3: and so she told me the stories and she told me the stories of her family moons full moon I don't know how long we walked and talked after that, kind of when Magda would call and say, can you go do blah, 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 it's kind of like, yeah, sure. Okay, what are we doing? <laughs> Except for, and so for over many years after that, we've di- we did medical and dental missions through HDI at Clinic Azel. 1990, when we were there, we walked the grounds that later became the property where Clinic Azel sits. And it was sometime the late 90s, maybe early 2000s, when I got to go back and see it. But we've done medical-dental, we've done family camps together, we've done teen camps, we've done women's retreats, Um, but the friendship and the the closeness there got us to a point that we could teach. She would have me come and I would teach classes. She would be translating and it just flowed so smoothly. It was just easy to do. Um, But then (laughs) we did this. I I love clinic-exam. Hot water... Mm-hmm. A bed in a room that you closed the door. Gosh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. And caught food at the end of a long day. Wash and dryer. And to, to washer and dryer. 2009, she comes in and she goes, Steve and I are going to this place called the Old Pond Valley. No water, no electricity, no running water, and we don't really know where we're going to stay. And after Amy's wedding in January, we need you to come and go with us and we'll be able to explore it. I explored it and I told her, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll go with the group I do. This is how Clinton." She said, no, you're coming with me. So we went up there, and it's the first time I'd slept in a tent. And that was an experience. <laughs> it was the only time I got to go to the El Valley, though. 11, 12, and 13 life happened. I didn't get to go back. <clears throat> Michael went, same time Mike Duncan was there. Mike Duncan made a huge impression on Michael because you were exploring all those villages. i said, so. Michael. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> she comes back in 2000. And, 13, 12, 13, she shows me this picture that Steve has sent her of this house. All right, this is where we're taking students in 2014. <coughs> <But> really? <laughs> she all I know about it. It's a house. It's okay. We're going to this house. We're taking a group of kids. The story I want y'all to hear though, for me, one of the greatest blessings that's come out of this are the students we've taken to. And we can tell you more about the clinics, but The students that we have met, the teaching that we've gotten to do with them has been such a blessing, because who knows where they all are. That group in 2014 is the vision of what God does. We're in a new place. We never dreamed the trials, what we would go through in that week. But we're in this house where there's plenty of room. I was watching to see if there was a picture of any of that, but... The kitchen's small. We would all gather in that kitchen and sit on each other's laps to eat. Turk Wilder was with us. He would play his guitar, and we would sing. Elise Bray, who's here today, is a good friend of mine. Her daughter Anna was on that trip. We didn't know them at the time. Anna, um, here we go. This is how we traveled back then. Anna and I became very close. In a conversation, she stepped on that trip. She said, "I." I'm coming back to go to school in May. I'm looking for a place to stay. So I can stay with me, and that's how I met Elise. Well, Elise is here today because she and her whole family were here for a funeral yesterday. They come back. They stay with me. Three months after that trip in 2014, Elise went with me on a mission trip to Sneedville, Tennessee. You never know. Can you hold that the people. a minute? Yeah, hang on. Did you go back, yeah. go back one. Go back one. The the flag. Yeah. The, what was now? Um, Go
4: forward. I don't know where you're. So, anyway, that's <laughs> one of the, the greatest the
3: blessings for me has been oh, the, the students. <laughs> yeah, hang on to the flags just a second, right there. Um, so, it's it's been a story of friendships. It's been a story of what God does and sees, and there's a thousand stories I could stand here and tell you. But this one, would you talk about that one? This is another one of the greatest blessings.
2: Well, when you go, you. You know if you ever have in your mind that you're going to try to do something for somebody you're so wrong because you are the one that reaps all the blessings and you know for the ladies to to let you know that they prayed for us to come mm-hmm. what y'all started they prayed for it and the last time we went this year when we went we were Going down on the bus, those roads. If David Floyd had been in here, I'd say you can let him drive. And, um, but they were cheering. There was fireworks. They were playing instruments. It was like, oh my goodness! bring out marimbas. It was so. It was the most moving thing that I'd ever experienced. Them celebrating us being there.
3: <laughs> I
2: didn't mean to interrupt
3: No, no, I want you to keep talking about that That was where we were headed Talk more about it. So it's kind of The the
2: pictures are kind of In an
3: order of, of
2: how we do things Everything's kind of blocked together of, of the different things that happen in Guatemala
0: So this is, you know, the welcome mm-hmm. You know, we
3: get there And the whole village comes out and welcome us um, Which didn't happen when we first went up to this area, when we first went there, they met us with curiosity, mm-hmm. intimidation, maybe even a little bit of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not sure what, why we were there and what we were going to do. And so, ten years later, this is what we have. when mm-hmm. we go.
0: The um, the people over there they are very religious, you know, very uh, very different than the religion here with us. Um, but they. You know, they do believe, they do believe in one God, but they have the way to um, show their gratitudes, they do, like, sacrifices, like, you know, for the water projects, they will, you know, sacrifice uh, a dog or something, and they do believe that uh, everything belongs to God, and that we should ask permission before we do something. Uh, not, you know, we're not the owners of this land, you know, God is, and therefore we should ask permission before we start doing something. So that's, you know, um, like I said, they're very, very religious, they, you know, they, we, you know, we go with them, you know, as they give their things, and um, so, very interesting. (laughs) So, the place where we go uh, now is called Las Flores, and uh, this is the school. There's one room, you know, for first grade through sixth grade. Um, when we go, they don't have classes, and this is where some of the students uh, sleep. This is the kitchen. Uh, we kind of uh, set it up. We have all we have to carry our food for the whole week for everyone because you can't buy anything there. There is no electricity, so we get. Our food um, ahead of time you know they we have someone who will cook for us and then they freeze it and then we take it and you know do it um, get it out as we need it Uh, these are our bathrooms okay (laughs) this ladies uh, and And showers showers. (laughs) these these ladies are very (laughs) brave you know Um, yeah this is where you know right behind this plastic is uh, what we call it a pila it's a water reservoir where. There's, you know, they just go behind there and with a bucket, you know, just get the water and pour over the heads. And this are, um, yeah, this is the way we sleep. We sleep on tents. Um, and there's Julie um, fixing up her tent. <laughs> uh, uh, this is Kevin Colbert. Um, these we now feet we feet have cots. You know, in the beginning we just had sleeping bags on the floor. Now we got a little bit older, so we need a little bit more comfort. <laughs> so, now we, so now we, you know, we got some cots that we've been and all of that equipment stays in Guatemala. We have someone who um, keeps all of that for us. So.
3: This is the clinic.
0: Uh-huh, so this is this, this uh, uh, building here. Um, That's like a community center type, Uh, but that's where we set up
3: the clinics. Uh, Go back just one slide. If you look, you see the lady standing there. (coughs) To the left of her is the door. To the left of that door is the dental clinic. To the right of the door is the medical clinic, and the rest is space that I I don't know what they use for, but we, we do not access. So the clinics themselves are about the size of this room, maybe. If that big, something like that, where um, in the medical side there could be four petitions set off for each of the medical providers. There's a place in there for the lab and a place in there for the um, pharmacy. The other side will have four dentists set up, three to four dentists set up with. Uh, cleaning stations, instruments, and the workings for the dental clinic <coughs> and all of the triage and checking in is usually done outside on the front porch of that building. Can I ask a question?
0: Yes. Do you coordinate with Doctors Without Borders? No, we don't. We, uh, we work mainly with uh, doctors from Otto Creek uh, and doctors from other churches like Brian Leeper goes with us, Dr. Tim Mangrum goes with us. At least, you know, a husband, you know, have gone with yes. us. Um, who else? We're We're know, some Julie. petitioners, you know, <laughs> Julie we some and, then some and
2: Johnny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, Just it's a team. <laughs> <laughs> So this is, you know, where the uh, the people wait. Now the village had um, somehow uh, managed to buy some of those uh, tents, and so the people don't have to wait under the sun.
2: Very hot. Mm. It was very That's
0: hot. And Julie, uh, in progress? She was seeing That's outside. me
2: listening to, it goes from kachi to Spanish. And it, it takes about three hours to find out that they have a stomach ache, and then maybe Steve would say, well, that's been 40 years. What else is going on? And I just sit there having no idea about <laughs> so, yeah, the Yeah,
0: the place where we go, they don't speak Spanish. They speak another uh, uh, Indian uh, language, Kechi. So we have to have a person from the village who speaks Spanish and speaks Kechi translated into Spanish and the Spanish to English and then
3: back and forth. One of the ways God provides that to last, no, it was year before last, um, the first year we'd gone back after COVID, we're in the clinic, I was in the clinic working in the dental clinic and could not find our Spanish to catchy uh, translator. We had a situation that needed an immediate translation. It wasn't something just this is how many medicate, how many pills to take. We really needed somebody right then. <coughs> so one of the girls, Alejandra, was with us. And she went out to see if she could find somebody, and I went into the medical clinic to see if there was anyone in there. Well, when I came back, there was this translator there, a uh, white shirt, nice looking man. He ended up spending the morning there translating, and as I turned up, when we were breaking for lunch, I turned to get him to take him to lunch. He was nowhere to be found. I went outside and tried to find him, couldn't find him. We came back after lunch, and we started and looked up, and here he is again. <laughs> That eat, we gave him snacks, we gave him water, whatever. I'd introduce myself, but at the end of the day, I was going to take him to dinner. Couldn't find him. We never found him again. But that particular day, when we were needing another person, it was a that day was kind of a very chaotic day in the dental clinic. We had a lot happening, a lot of new students. Um, I needed somebody there the whole day. There needed to be a, a translator there, and there not there's not that many of them. Ken, do you know who that is?
0: Madeline, my granddaughter. <laughs> yes, Matt, Matt, and Catherine Miller, you know, have gone with us, and they have taken the whole family. And they' this, you know. That's Madeline. I'm, yes. So you said that I didn't <laughs> notice it. Yes. Oh, and, and you can see, you know, this right here is where we have the the medical clinics. We just put some plastic around and ignore the next door. And that's Brian Leeper, and that's Linda Aaron. So just, you know, to show that's Team Angra, there you go. That's, you know, it's just so beautiful. It's so rewarding. Uh, and like Karen was saying, you know, we the benefits that we get, you know, the ones that we go and serve, uh, the students that we take. And I'll tell you a quick story not too long ago. Team Angra's daughter um, needed some um working on Spanish. She needed to interview someone from another country. And so she called me and said, sure. So we were, you know, talking. I uh, answering the question. And she said, I got to tell you a story. She said, I got a job at the hospital in a really, really good position. She hasn't even graduated yet. And she said that they interviewed about 100 people and they chose five. And she was excited about it, but also questioning, why me? There were a hundred other words, so she went back and asked, you know, one of the professors that you know interviewed this. I, I have a question. Why me? She said, "Your story about how you got involved in medical missions and what you did, and you know, to go and serve, that was inspiring, and that's why." So this, you know, kind of, you know, this, the students that go from here, you know, they get all the benefit. That's another one of the students that went with us, and she said, Is "Now she, a nurse.
3: She wasn't going to do anything medical there for a while. No, she didn't want to do anything with medical. You know, she was scared of blood. And now she's a nurse. <laughs> but she was. She learned the dental clinic and how to run the dental clinic to the point that she couldn't do it herself. She was one of the ones who was on that first team in 2014 that God absolutely put together up there and helped me or helped me come up with the plan for the dental clinic." <clears throat> And just her is Holland, and just had her first child. Another uh,
0: beautiful thing about taking uh, professionals, and you know the men are you know great, but taking women, that mm-hmm. are professionals are very very uh, important, and uh, makes a big impact because in the culture, women are just to you know do the laundry and do the cooking. You know they. Mm-hmm. If the families don't have money for school, women are not going to school, but the men will. Um, so they have like no future. But when they see this, you know, professionals, women professionals are working, it kind of inspire them. Uh, years and years ago, when we were going to Ecell Clinic, uh, there was I was teaching, you know some of the women, some of the local women, about how to cook and especially how to, you know, the hygiene around cooking because I didn't want my doctors and my nurses to, to get sick and then not being able to, you know, see the patients. So, you know, I will train them, and I remember this, um, and I did not know this. We did not know this until about three or four years ago, but um, with this particular uh, lady, she had a nine-year-old daughter, my granddaughter's age. <coughs> that will come, you know, with her. And she will help, you know, chop the, the vegetables or, you know, wash dishes or something. And, you know, through the years and she will see these women and she was thinking and she thought, one day I want to wear one of those shirts. You know, that there were the scrubs and it <laughs> says Health Talents International. She was just thinking, one, one day I want to be that nurse. And guess what? She is a doctor, and she works. She's one of the doctors at the in cell clinic <coughs> at all because um, the generosity about you know a lot of people here, a lot of people in all the uh, churches who have you know sponsored uh, a child through high
4: school and through uh, college, so, uh, yeah. I might also mention she was part of the UBC program, which mm-hmm. yes. started, and there are multiple dentists and multiple doctors who went through that program that are working for health balance. Mm-hmm. <coughs> right.
0: So, yeah, that's our pharmacy, and that's uh, Dr. Uh, Johnny Barnes. <laughs> 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 Johnny Barnes right there. Um, it's, and it's so everything. important, you know, some, sometimes it might look like they're not doing anything, but that relationship, you know, the mentoring, the younger, you know, the college mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. It, we will never know, we will never know um, the impact on, those, on their lives. Karen, that's your section.
3: Let's see where we are. Um, that's the chemical. It, Oh, yeah, it's the cleaning station. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> what part are we in the dental, in a dental clinic, clinic, there's a lot of different aspects. and the, I am not a medical professional. I am a musician turned preschool teacher turned office manager. But I love organize. I love to organize. Yeah. So, yeah. that's back to that trip in 2014, we had all set up, and Magda said, Oh, I need you to run the dental clinic. I didn't know how to sterilize instruments. I didn't know what the dentist needed, but luckily, back in 2006, 7, 8, long in the air, I had met this young lady named Esther. Esther was a student at Lipscomb and was one of our team leaders. Well, that year she was back as a dentist, and she had done it. But she had worked before as a dentist in other areas in California. Not only had she seen this from a student standpoint, she had seen it from a dental standpoint. So she and I sat down that night and started coming up with what the dentist needed, how to organize it. And so 10 years later, I'm running the dental clinic. And so this is our sterilization between uh, patients. We gather the instruments and I'll have a student there. And that student's job is to keep the cleaning, the sanitation going so that we have clean instruments (laughs) constantly for the dentist. I Um, also
4: add, we see 60 dental patients a day and 60 medical. In order that we can give
3: them the appropriate time. So another reason why it was important to me, being an organizer, to make things run efficiently. This um, Esther had come up with a plan uh, years before, along with some other dentists, where they had banded all of the instruments. Of course, I know none of them. I don't know scissors from a mirror So she had um, banded. No,
1: (laughs) she had. That's
3: not a flute. She had banded all of the instruments and made a cheat sheet. Well, I took it a step farther to make it go a little faster. And she came up. She had. Well, she and I together came up with an order for the instruments, cards to go with them, a way to lay them out so they stayed clean on the table during the day. So, and one student stays at that station. And as the dentist needs something, they send the assistant that they have working with them to this station, that person stands there with a clean glove and hands the instrument to, puts it on the tray that they bring up, too. Also makes it go a lot faster. Uh, it's also a lot of fun, too, because we all get to have, we have time to interact. Um, we all, we get to learn instruments. We see how they're used. Um, so this we is, we have one of the dentists one. from last mm-hmm. year. This young girl, right there. Irene, Irini.
0: She went with us as a student. She's from um, Egypt. Yes. And she went with us and like I said, 2014.
3: She, was, she just
0: started college, and, you know, how college students are at that age. Uh, we didn't think she was going to come back, but she did. <laughs> and uh, now she's a dentist, and now she's coming. As she a was with but us she was the year. very first Egyptian um, student that came with us. Mm-hmm. Last year and <laughs> this year, the majority of them are from Egypt. And they're so excited and they they come back and talk to others about how you know how much they learn and the impact that made on their lives. So yes.
4: I might also mention now that some of those Egyptian students are organizing to go to Egypt to do a mission trip. Are they really? Uhhuh heard yeah. that I know I had not heard yeah.
3: Some of the most religious students we've ever taken. They, as our student leaders last year, they put together incredible devotionals every morning and every night for us. Uh, this is Amazing. Sylvia. Yep. Sylvia is a dentist.
0: She's from Guatemala. She used to work for Health Talents for, you know, 15 years, and now she goes with us. What's the beautiful about is how the, the, the provider will sit down with one of the students and go step by step about what they're doing, why they're doing. And the same with the doctors, mm-hmm. you know, they, they start asking the questions and they tell the student, you know, why they're asking the particular questions and then, you know, the next day they said, okay, you know, now <coughs> you ask the questions, but the doctor is right there. So it just kind of trained them in. Yeah, that's another, what am I? Lizzie? D- yeah. uh, Dennis. Wow. Here are the students, we're doing um, fluoride, you know, we go and do fluoride treatment for them. We wish it was more often, but as uh, so of right now this is the only thing we can do, so uh, some is better than us.
4: I might mention on this that by the time, in these populations right here, by the time the children reach 21, they've lost a quarter of their teeth, wow. and with the fluoride we are seeing less and less cavities because it's uh, it's almost a varnish that we varnish on the kids and it keeps them for about six months. So. And the
3: clean water.
4: The and the clean water, many, water, yes.
3: That's Esther. That's Esther that I was telling you
2: about. I will say one thing from the medical clinic. So there are a lot of young pregnant women that come in. And sometimes maybe a medicine man has told them to do things that uh, maybe aren't as safe. But we are able to let them listen to the baby's heartbeat. Oh. And that is very Reassuring mm-hmm. and exciting, very exciting for and for the students because yeah. they love saying, Can I have Can, the I, find the can yeah. I find the heartbeat. It's really fun.
0: Yeah, uh, we we treat you know uh, the patients for whatever conditions. This particular village, uh, all of this is mud. By the time we finished the <laughs> the clinic, we had this much mud. No kidding, on our shoes. Mm-hmm. It was even hard to walk but you know we were just seeing it, uh, the patients we try to keep the other ones not looking at what's really happening so they don't get scared but that's kind of hard when you have hundreds of people around right, you outside yeah and we do the sterilization right behind that pickup truck
4: we actually we started out going to the villages now we stay in one village because it takes us about an hour to set up the clinics and so it's easier to bring the patients in Instead of
0: taking going out that to the different villages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Julie Kata, I don't know if you know. Who remembers Kata? But you know, Kata, Kata comes and help us, you know, um, with the kitchen or. anything. I didn't know I was going to
2: get to see her because she was going on a different <laughs> with, with the yes. engineers. Was like, right I was so happy. Yeah, you see
0: the true us, you know, no makeup, hair up, rubber boots, uh, yeah. yeah, that's one of the students, you know, the students just love playing with the children. So another thing that we do is, yeah, this young man here, he's a physician now. Another thing that we do is all the students have to rotate. We have different stations. They have to go see a doctor. They have to be with the dentist. They have to do the cleaning uh, station. They have to do the pharmacy. They have to play with the kids. They have to rotate. They have no choice if they're going with us because you never know know, what (coughs) is going to change their mind about what direction they're going to go in their lives. We took a young girl who... Uh, was wanted to be a, a youth minister, okay,
4: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and uh, that was she was gonna go for the kids. And mm-hmm. after doing all of this, she and she's brilliant. Coco oh, no,
4: worked good. as a uh, intern for our. yeah, that's why Otter Creek. It, Coco Stewart, a scholarship, and now she's a medical. She's in medical school. So yes, third year. third year,
0: third year, third year, yeah, yeah. yeah. Playing
3: Sarah. with the kids right there. We take <coughs> crafts or you <laughs> Reagan Cheney on the end is in his second year of med school.
4: His dad also goes. That's right. The, the girl
3: next to him on the next right is a pharmacy student. Um, you'll see more of your family in there. <laughs> yeah. What is this? What's your grandson's name? Uh, ben is yeah. the older. Nathan's the Nathan, Nathan, the younger one. Nathan. I'll tell you a story after class about Nathan. That yes. I do yes, That's right. the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's
0: a
3: beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hoping the taller
2: than any of them
3: right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is the water project. Uh, Steve has more more involvement with that than. Yeah,
4: I've, I've had a really interesting thing in my life. I have a lot of career changes, and usually I'm not necessarily the one who makes that decision, but God does, and so I moved out of the missions, and of course, the mission minister here, uh, and engineering, the College of Engineering invited me to go and work in the Fusho Center, and the Fusho Center does engineering projects all over the world, uh, Kevin Colbett is my co-conspirator in most of that here because a lot of this is also funded by Living Water as well as some uh, major engineering corporations and stuff. So uh, we go into the same village as we've been doing this work, we capture a spring and you can see the, the tiers that are there that uh, actually filter the water. And then that water is piped for three to five miles and it goes to a tank. And one of the things that we do with uh, the villages, working with the Mayan nonprofit, is we contract with the villagers because they have to do all the work, they have to dig all the ditches and everything else. And uh, this was them carving out the side. Uh, Kevin's got some interesting stories about taking some dynamite from one place to blow out some of those rocks. Uh, This is the way they do the tanks, this is an 18,000 gallon tank, and it is coming from that spring that you saw, three miles away, and it is, uh, this is, the, the walls have to be founded in one day, one pour, so that there's no leaks, and so it's, it's teams of students. It's also teams of engineers, along with a hundred villagers, and they are. They, the villagers carry the cement up on their backs. They carry the gravel, the sand, sometimes even the water up the <coughs> mountain to do this project. They also carry the cement mixer, and they do this pour in one day. And. When I retired from Hunter Creek, instead of giving me a diploma, they named a water tank in my name. So, yeah. this is the Sherman tank. <laughs>
0: that gives life, Yes. gives
4: uh, you know life. that takes life, but I'd much rather have that than a diploma. So this was yes. our inauguration of that tank. And you know, it
3: goes without saying, clean water. For the health of the villages where we're working you know intensifies what we all go do from the medical and dental standpoint but Magda can you tell the story that the mayor told you about the women yeah so um
4: tell them this story too okay
3: so this oh, yeah, story this
0: here, here. <laughs> this older
4: oh, couple
0: so now we bring the water and we bring the water to their house it's not like a, a place you know nearby it's, you know they have the frost in their house so then we go house to house, and they decorate you know, where they have the water because they're so proud, they're so excited, um, so and they yes. have to open, you know, and they just, this lady, she said, I never thought that I would see this in my lifetime, that she will have water. And uh, the other story that Karen wanted us to tell is that the mayor of um, the town was saying, you have, have no idea what this has done to the women because not only they don't have to go to the river to get water or to wash the clothes or the dishes, they can do it at home, but before when they were going to the river, you know, they take time, you know, advantage that they were there to take showers. So the men who will drive by, you know, on their trucks or, you know, um, on foot, they will start saying things, you know, sexual things to them. And so now they said it has given the women dignity
2: because they have their privacy at home. Amen. And the decrease of diseases that we see, it was just a miracle because it was the first time I had worked in a clinic that actually had had the water for a year. Usually it's the precursor, and the lack of disease... It, it was just a miracle. People came because they wanted to see us, not necessarily because they were ill. And that was a first. And what for me. we've
3: seen in the dental clinic in these 10 years out yeah. there mm-hmm. is like, night and day. <laughs> 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 Nothing so
2: and
3: that's what we have. That's,
0: that's what we do. That's what we,
3: love. That's what we do. And, um,
0: Area, 10 years ago, these people have never seen a doctor or a dentist. Never. And so it's uh, our dream that one day, right on that area, we could have something very similar to the E-Cell Clinic, you know. Uh, they don't need us there. They're, they, they're doing a wonderful job. The water uh, they are doing a wonderful job running the clinic. Now, they need us
1: there. So just pray about it, you know, and we'll see where the Lord leads us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All. Thank you so much. You. In, in 1994, my cousin, who's a pediatric dentist in Memphis, convinced me that I should go on a medical mission trip with her to Guatemala. I'd never done anything like that. And so I went to assist her. And we go, and we go in by night, at, late at night, and we stayed at a somewhere a dorm somewhere and when they put us on the bus the next morning and the and we pull out and the first thing you see is a truck goes by with soldiers in the back with machine guns and I'm like yeah I'm not sure this is what for me <laughs> what they didn't tell me was this was before the Ezell Clinic so we went into the jungle you had one driver on the bus you had three helpers they had machetes they would get out and cut down limbs so the bus could get through. Or they would lean out the side of the bus and, and tell people to get out of their way because we were going to go that way, you know. And it was just, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. So the next year she said, okay, I'm going back. You have to go with me. And I did. And then I changed jobs, and I was like, well, it's just really not convenient for me to go back to go out of anymore. So, but it was an experience. So Thank you all so much.